Greg and Dancho on WMBD. Greg Batten, Dan DiOrio. Beautiful looking day today, that's for sure. Tomorrow's going to be different, of course. 8.40 is the time. Well, the world's been, or the country's been watching uh, this story in Ohio. And in full disclosure, when that first happened, I didn't pay much attention to it. I think a week went by before I was like, oh, there's something else going on there. Uh, the vinyl chloride and then the big fire that they, of course, caused to happen to help do some things. And now people thinking uh, that uh, this is a... Uh, they're getting uh, sick. They're getting sick and things are happening. And now there's a clinic that has been set up outside of the community for those folks. And the uh, railroad company is getting involved. And, and at first they kind of stumbled a bit, I think, in their reaction to all that. It looks like they're maybe uh, pulling it uh, together. But it brings up the question of railroad um, transportation. I think we take it for granted. Those of us who don't aren't involved in shipping anything, we just to us we get stopped by a train sometimes. That's about it. A longtime friend of ours, Tim Butler, a, a longtime Illinois lawmaker, is now with the Illinois Railroad Association. Good morning, Tim. How are you? morning guys uh, i'm doing well how are you all this is uh, an interesting way to start a new career uh, right away when you have a big a big story like this in well, the industry but what's very interesting coming from his background as a lawmaker there's a lot of focus on the length of this train there are no federal regulations this was a 150 car train and in the railroad biz tim knows this now because he's in it uh, the longer the train, the heavier the train. And they're finding out with these longer trains, the wear and tear on the tracks and the joints and all that is uh, increasing much more rapidly with these long trains. So they're talking about regulation, maybe no freight train over 100 or 110. They're banding all this about. And, Tim, uh, uniquely in your position, having been a lawmaker and now – part of the industry what are you hearing yeah well first of all thanks guys for having me on and and for for those my friends in peoria who don't know i, I left the general assembly at the end of the year and i've been with the president of the illinois railroad association since january 1 and you know the the incident that happened in ohio is, is a terrible terrible incident that, that no one wants to see certainly uh the citizens and community don't want to see that uh the railroad, Norfolk Southern, certainly doesn't want to see it. Uh, but I think it underscores, certainly like you guys talked about, the importance of safety in the industry. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about that. I think to your point, Danny, about train length, there's been a lot of discussion about train length over the past uh, several years. Uh, and that's, that's something that I think we're going to continue to talk about uh, as it goes forward to see see what the right path forward is and and one of the things with with increased train length also means that you know you're delivering the goods and services that people want and in a time when we've talked a lot about the supply chain in this country being disrupted coming out of the pandemic um you know railroads railroads provide a lot of the transportation for the goods and services that we use every day and to get those two folks on time uh, and to get it where they need to go, certainly that's one of the reasons we've seen longer trains over the years. But I, I think, I think this is this is a discussion that's going to continue both on the federal and state level for a long time, probably after this incident, and probably rightly so. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that need to be discussed here, and, and and we'll see 
we'll see what what government and what what industry does to, to change things moving forward. What's interesting to me as uh, as this story has unfolded, and then you and I spoke yesterday on the phone, is it, it dawned on me how little we, the general public, thinks about trains, with the exception of getting stopped by one. I, I never stopped to think, well, what is the what is the role that, as you just mentioned, with the supply chain issues, uh, what is the role of moving hazardous materials around our country? We certainly do that. And uh, I think probably the average person's feelings about train transportation is based out of movies or TVs. And it may, it may, it may be like... Antiquated. Well, I might have an antiquated feeling about all of. I, in fact, I think I'm sure I do. So, tell me the the scope of of train uh, uh, transportation as far as goods and services. Uh, what's the track record when it comes to hazardous material and et cetera? Right. Yeah, I think first of all, I, I mean, Greg, you make a great point. A lot of people have a have a romantic opinion yeah. of railroads, and, and rightly so. Uh, they think of you know the Polar Express or the or the steam engines, you know, the code, you know, they know the movies and stuff like that. But I think the transportation industry, not just in rail, but across the board, I mean, look what, I mean, you guys know, uh, I mean, the, the increase in truck transportation dramatically that we've seen over the last few decades, barge traffic, everything, air cargo, to be honest with you, it's probably a lot different if you don't work in the industry because you don't think about it every day. In the, in the rail industry, yeah, we, we transport a lot of these, hazardous chemicals because rail is a very safe way to do that. Certainly this incident, again, underscores the need to continue to take a look at it. But but in Illinois, uh, which is literally number one state in the nation when it comes to freight railroads and the fact that we have all seven class ones and everything kind of comes together in Chicago when it comes to rail in the country, uh, we didn't have a single release of hazardous chemicals in Illinois last year, and I think that's that's a good thing. It underscores the, the track record of mm-hmm. safety. 99.99% of hazardous materials that get transported do it safely. Um, but, but again, that doesn't stop from taking a look at this. And I think people are going to understand probably more about the railroad industry, what gets tra- Literally everything probably you touch every day has at one point been transported on, on rail, uh, and a lot of people don't think about that. No, we don't. Um, am I right uh, that I read that Norfolk Southern and freight trains can't turn down carrying hazardous material? That's, you got it right, Dan. It's called the Common Carrier Provision. It's part of our our, our national you know charge as as railroads that when a you know when a chemical company calls calls up one of the railroads and say, hey, we want to transport whatever material, uh, we are pretty much bound to transport that material and beyond that there are a lot of rigorous regulations and laws and communications that go around that transportation uh it's not like this just this stuff just gets you know dropped into a, a train car and just, just gets shipped across the country there's there's a lot of rules and regulations that go around it uh i think i was reading some stuff yesterday there's there's basically six federal sets of laws that oversee, you know, hazardous material, transportation, and things like that. So this is certainly something that, you know, this has been going on for a very long time. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of regulation around it. There's the rail industry is one of the most regulated in the, in the country. Um, and so there is a lot of safety features that go into it. I would say beyond that, um, getting to know these rail companies, 
um, their safety is at the forefront of what they put into their DNA every day. Um, and certainly, again, no one wants to see an, you know, this terrible accident that happened in East Palestine, but, but safety is something that is talked about every day with these railroads. And, and obviously there's going to be a larger emphasis on it going forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild that uh, we're talking to you about this because we've known you for years as a lawmaker and a part of the, state, uh, the General Assembly. Uh, taking over January 1, this happens, uh, what, two weeks ago or whatever it was. Uh, immediately now we're having, I, I, when I called you yesterday, I was like, uh, can we talk? I didn't even know if you were ready yet. I didn't even know if you had actually started. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to make clear, yeah. the Illinois, uh, you're the president of the Illinois Railroad Association, but that is all uh, cargo. That's not passenger, right? Right. So so we advocate for the freight rail industry in Illinois. Okay. Um, so there's seven, there's seven big the class one railroads are basically the railroads that haul stuff across the country. So you think of the Union Pacifics and the CSX and the sure. Southerns, uh, those folks. Uh, and then you've got what are called short line or regional railroads, which, which may only run a few miles or, or may run across the state that haul, that haul materials or connect between the, uh, the big class one railroads. And so in total, in Illinois, we have about almost 50 freight railroads when you look at everything. And, but that doesn't mean we don't work with the passenger folks. Uh, most of the passenger rail uh, in the state of Illinois and, and mostly in the country runs on private freight rail tracks. And again, yeah. these are, you know, the, the freight, freight company that, that's private property uh, and it's a private company. But we work very closely with, with not just Amtrak, but with Metra in the Chicago area uh, to transport a lot of commuters and passengers every single day. Yeah. Does Illinois have any sort of restrictions on the length of trains? Because I remember years ago when I was a kid, there was a big discussion about it. Uh, because if a uh, if you have a, a one or two road town um, or a, a main artery that ambulances and fire trucks use, and and all of a sudden you've got a hundred and twenty to hundred and forty car train. Uh, those are valuable minutes, and I heard that there was some talk to limit it to 100 with that in mind, so emergency vehicles can get across quicker. Yeah, Dan, I think that's, that's one of the important reasons why we've seen investments. Um, you've seen on the state level with the Capitol Bill, but all the federal money that's been coming down the pike when it comes to transportation infrastructure, why it's important that we invest in great crossings, uh, and, and great separations where where you don't have to cross the rail tracks, you go over it or under it. Uh, in Springfield, we have a large project that's been going on for the better part of a decade, creating a lot of great separations. But you're right. I mean, uh, train length is, is something uh, that gets discussed a lot. Uh, we have had train length legislation in Illinois that has not uh, moved forward. But I do think, again, these are that's, that's going to be one of the issues that I think us in the, in the industry are going to continue to talk about. And and deal with, and certainly uh, regulators and, and elected officials are going to be talking to us about it. Uh, and it's, it's a balance, again, like I said earlier, it's a balance between providing the goods and services that, that people need and want, uh, but also also not inconveniencing people when, sure. they're, when they're stopped at a rail crossing. Tim Butler, the president of the Illinois Railroad Association uh, and longtime friend of the Greg and Dan Show. It's always great to talk to you, Tim. Thank you for your updates. Keep us posted. If there's anything going on we need to know, we'll talk to you down the road. Down the rail, Danny. We'll talk to you down, down the, rail. the rail. Down the rail.